You are now tuned into the Santi Show, my senior project. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to a very awesome and special episode of the Santi Show. Today I am here with my family, uh, my cousins, which I love near and dear to my heart. So they're all going to go around and introduce themselves. So I'm Alex, I'm 23, and I'm working at a dog hotel. Hello, my name is Daniel. I am going to be a senior next year at Roger Williams University. Hi, my name is Issa. I'm 20, and I'm going to be a junior at Framingham State University. Hi, I'm Elisa. Um, I'm a senior in high school, but I'm confirmed to go to Hofstra University. Hi, I'm Angie. I'm 17, and I'm a junior at Moses Brown, and I'm going to be a senior. Hi, I'm Julian, and I'm 17, and I'm a junior at Norwalk High School slash P-Tech. I'm going to be a senior next year. Juju, I can't believe you're going to be a senior. That just doesn't sit right with me. wild. How are you guys dealing with quarantine and COVID-19 right now? Um... Like, I've actually been leaving the house a lot because I have work. So at least twice a week, I'm out of the house for at least, like, five hours at a time. They haven't opened up my work yet. They closed it, I want to say, like, the beginning of March, and it hasn't been opened yet. They'll probably open it in the middle of June. But I haven't really seen any of my friends since any of this started. I've either just been staying home or going out driving. Because I'm on my permit. Yeah, luckily, luckily for me, and I feel like for my brothers too, my mom raised us, like, taking us hiking so mm-hmm. much that, like, we know what to do when everything public is closed. So, like, we've been going, when I was home, we went kayaking, biking. I actually lucked out. My parents let me go to Cape Cod to quarantine with my girlfriend at her grandparents' house. So that's super lit. I've been enjoying the Cape. But they don't have any kayaks or canoes here, so I know slacking on that end. But oh. other than that, super blessed, lucky that I got to quarantine in a new spot for a little bit. Word. I've been just working pretty much just three days a week, still employed out here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, just doing school. It's been a lot of work since it's my junior year. Um, which is expected, but it was hard to get used to, but now I feel like I'm getting the hang of all the work. Uh, I just finished my semester, so it was honestly really difficult to do it, like half in class and then half like just switch to online super fast. But luckily, like my school did pass fail. fail. But, um, you know, I, I like see my friends sometimes, but like we're always safe. Like, we're never, like, super close and stuff, but. Yeah, it's always important to stay safe during this time. It's definitely been a very weird transition. I think Elisa and I can relate a lot. Uh, a lot. This is not how we envisioned our senior spring. Um, this isn't the way I wanted to go out. I mean, it's been, I mean, chaotic, to say the least. Like, there's no closure that I'm having. There's, no, like, I won't be able to experience a full, like, um, graduation and all those other like important things that have happened however what we do have is family and we've pretty much been very close together throughout our entire lives 
And yeah, we want to thank our family for that a lot because we are so like I, we are so close. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. So yeah, how and it's not think, always like this either. Yeah, like so how do you think um, us bonding at such a young age has impacted our growth and our value for our family? <laughs> like I see other people and their cousins, and I talk like with my friends, and they'll just see me like sending stuff in our cousin group chat all the time, and they're like, "You have a group chat with your cousins?" And I'm like, "My friends say the same yeah. thing." Mine too. Like, Bono. what is Bono? <laughs> I've explained it so many times. I know. Honestly, I definitely feel like you guys have given me like the friendship that like you know friends should be giving me I don't really know if that makes any sense but like I've always been treated so nicely by like you guys and I feel like yeah. this honestly what like should family and friends like should be 100 percent. yeah yeah I, I agree, agree with that like whenever like Elisa said like I send anything to any of our cousin group chats on Instagram Snapchat or iMessage they're like wait you actually talk to your cousins like how do you not talk to your Lessons. Like, <laughs> I think it's also because I know for like me, Isa, and then like Angie and Santi, we didn't really have a lot of sleepovers with like our friends when we were little. We had sleepovers with each other. So like we were automatically like best friends. Yo, yeah. Sleepovers at Coco's house. <laughs> they, different. Different. They, were so, <laughs> they were so good. And I think I love the, the times we're able to either all of us go to Connecticut or when the people oh in Connecticut God. make the hike down here. It's always a fun moment. Like that Thanksgiving we had when all of us were there, when um, Estela started painting her nails in Isa's car. At least it was the way over. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. I, that was when I was in China. Oh. But that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but like again like the moments that we've been able to have and cherish like go to colombia like meet up mm -hmm. with angie when she was done studying abroad and like have that crazy experience now that was unreal yeah that was, yeah, that was, that was just amazing i miss coronel oh my god <laughs> who wants to explain what la tolomea was for <laughs> people who don't know that was like those days were some of like, the craziest parties I've ever had with my parents present. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Colombia is that's the culture, like America's culture surrounding like being a young adult is very different than Colombia's, and they yeah. give you a lot more responsibility and respect mm -hmm. there once you reach a certain age, right? True. And of yeah. course, I only need to mention once the drinking age there is three years younger than it is in America. So the range of what's legal is different and the range of what's culturally accepted is too. So La Tolomea was definitely a situation where we were all young adults in Colombia together for the first time. And that just changed our experience. A lot. It was a grand experience. And like the only time our parents really got annoyed with us was when we couldn't let go. Like we, we really wanted to order that pizza. And like that trip in general, the Chiba we went on, the day trips that we went on as well were some like great, like just all the, the rivers, all that stuff. Yeah, so many great experiences. And great pictures. And, like, and so many family members that I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I met so many people. I think it was also great that we were able to have this good experience before, you know, COVID happened as um, well yeah a hundred percent my favorite part of the um of the trip was definitely hearing all the music and the variety of music and i think that's another thing we all bond over music 
And also shout out the Latin representation with Bad Bunny, J Balvin. They they're they're up there. I love them so much. So how much has like music like reggaeton for like the last four or three years have impacted your way and like the culture that you guys like consume? Oh, well, I'll be honest, three or four years ago, I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> I would hear yeah, you and be like, yeah. what is this? What is this sound? And now <laughs> I just wait. I wait for the music to be released. And then when they take certain music off of streaming platforms, I get mad. Safaera. Wait, yeah, actually, Safaera off of Spotify. Of days of my life. Like, I was like, what do I even listen to? What do I listen to? Yeah, I actually did a project on this for, I took a class this semester at Roger Williams, really interesting class called Music of Latin in America and the Caribbean. Such a cool class. My final project, my final project was a presentation on reggaeton and the history of it. And I was looking up like the way it evolved. And that reminds me, we came back, it reminds me that, and Juju saying that he didn't know what reggaeton was four years ago reminds me, Alex and I went to Dominican Republic, (laughs) where there's a very, uh, specific form of reggaeton called dembao which is very very repetitive and uh aggressive at times and juju was looking at us when we were jumping around the living room like tarzan to this and now he blasts safaera talking about tiburon all the time (laughs) (laughs) oh i love music like that like for isa and i like I always remember like being in the car with my dad and he always played a very like wide range of music. Like he'd play this game with us and be like, oh, guess the language. And a lot of it was music that now, um, like like, when I'm older, I can like recognize like, oh, that's that song. And that took, they put, they took parts of this song to make it more mainstream and popular and newer and more modern. I've been finding some old Spanish songs that my, my that mom used to play a lot. And like, I remember a distinct sound in the car that we'd all like hear, like the cumbia, like the chambacu. Oh God. Wait, Angie. In, wait, wait, can, wait. Can, can I say something really quickly? Go for it. I don't remember exactly where it was. It, was, it seemed like to be on a college campus of some sort, but you guys remember when we went to that Concert hall at Brown. At Brown. Yes! Was huge that was Liddy. That's why you can't put Colombians in public places. Oh my god! <laughs> my god. Like they the- turned Brown upside down. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I feel like we ended up on stage. Yes. Some- no. Yeah, we there did. Were random, there were random tias dancing on stage. It was supposed to be some Afro-Colombian like salsa like combination. And then like that. Of course, when you put Colombians in a concert hall, they don't care if it's Brown or the P Pack. They're going to be dancing. So so people are on stage in that. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And I remember all, like, the cultural festivals when we were little. Oh, my God. Remember what you guys used to do? Yeah, even though I would dance. I wasn't a big fan of those back then. But, like, if I went to those now, I definitely have a different um, mindset and probably enjoy it more. Most like, definitely. We were like forced into it when we were little, but I feel like we would definitely. So, um, again, we were mo- we were just talking about Colombia, but what was like your favorite memory from that Colombia trip, in particular? Um, I feel like my dad's birthday was really fun, when that like all of those guys came to like play music, and then we had that oh, really God. bomb food, and like everyone was drinking. 
<laughs> that they was do. fun. It's like so hard to pick a favorite like moment because every single day had like a favorite yeah. part of the day. But I remember like the the first thing I remember when I think about that trip is being able to see Angie again. Like that first night when we yeah. got like dummy late. I just saw Angie and we both like started bawling. It was I, was, I was talking to Daniel before. Daniel was like, do you think you're going to cry? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I was asking you on the phone. You're like, you're going to cry when you see it. And she's like, no, I'm not. You guys literally, it was like a movie. You guys just stood there and started crying. <laughs> I did. It was like two in the morning. And it was, it was the worst day for me. Like I knew I smelled. I, that day was horrible for me because I had vomited four times already. It was horrible. Lisa, no. I catapulted out of that van. Let me tell you, oh she meditated God. through the roof. Out of it. I did not want to be inside that. Yeah, yeah no, that was super cool to see because like, obviously you guys missed each other so much, but I feel like having such a, like a really underwhelming day of travel, like just made it that much more important. I yeah. feel like that was super cool. Like the hype was totally worth it. 100%. And, and I personally, I don't think I can pick a favorite part of the trip because whenever we've gone before, I've never really fully tried to immerse myself in the culture because I've been afraid to. I've been like, what if I'm going to make a mistake? Like, what if I'm not going to understand what people say? or I'm just going to be completely out of place. But this trip, I felt as if I was more comfortable and I put myself out there more and it was definitely worth it because I, I love the trip. I had so much fun for sure. I think even if you didn't understand Spanish that much, because everyone in this call has different levels of Spanish. We know different uh, levels of Spanish, but we're all trying to improve our Spanish as much as I can. Angie's like top tier. Yeah, right Angie now. just got sent through the skies. We like I thought I was nice, and then <laughs> Angie came back. No, sir. I thought <laughs> I was words. before. Well, you started saying words that I didn't even know existed, but you're like, no, Spanish. <laughs> What's like, your favorite word that you learned actually at school? Oh, yeah. oh, at school? I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, wait. No, what just oh. came to my mind? When we were all, um, I think it was like Blex, Daniel, Juju, like Coco was right there. And I didn't know. And we were all in the kitchen. Oh! oh. <laughs> I think that's my favorite word because oh, I will say God. that every day. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that was, that was great. Um, I think we, uh, another trip is a necessity for us to go to and maybe preferably with just all seven of us. I think yeah. that would be fun. Oh, no. No, I, why? Yeah, actually, I got to double check. But I think the best possible idea would to be to go, like, in two summers because it doesn't make sense to go next summer either in my opinion yeah, of course. and like i thought i was gonna be bored when we were just at that house like because i was like oh there's nothing to do like we can't go out but like i wanted to stay there longer honestly yeah. so. i know imagine quarantining <laughs> at that house oh my <laughs> that would have been that's oh my god the coronel oh. Uh, coronel was i think just that whole experience of that trip and us being there was something that it was something straight out of a movie. Um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite part. That that Latolomeo. That definitely. If the Wi-Fi worked, <laughs> I didn't even need the Wi-Fi. We were so preoccupied. Just wait. Doing no, the actually, things. Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who was on Snapchat at 3 a.m.? 
Oh, I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> Did you have to keep up with his, with his, uh, with his fan club? Oh. Nah, my favorite part, actually, not my favorite part. I have so many. There's not one favorite part for me. Yeah. But if we're talking about La Tolomea, since we're on the topic of that, who remembers the the cultural collisions we had at Christmas? Oh! Where oh. we had the combination between reciting Bible verses and Diane having us sing Christmas carols for 40 minutes and then going back to Colombian prayer and then going back to some <laughs> more culturally American I, white people stuff. The um, American um, carols, I, I, I did not enjoy that part. My favorite part. That was low-key cute. It was fun for it was fun for the first ten songs, but then when we like were running out of ideas, it was just comical to me. I was like, "No, my favorite part." Guado. It first started, it first started off with um, all of us, and then it slowly just petered out to just Daniel, Mona, and Juju. So that must have been really, really rough for you, Elisa. It was horrible. I'm just sitting there like, no, no one's gonna force me to sing this. <laughs> no, but Colombian Christmas music is lit though. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, do you guys want to go into the difference between uh, the twenty fourth of Christmas and un veinticuatro de diciembre? Anyone want to? <laughs> so, so Colombia is obviously a very Roman Catholic country, and they're also a very festive culture. So when you combine those so many holidays with paisas, what you get is parties in the honor of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and in a lot of South American South American countries, the Christmas Eve is a lot more important than Christmas. Yeah. Because yeah. here, it's a lot. It's a marketed holiday for Santa Claus. You know everything you yeah. see about Christmas here yeah. about Santa Claus and gift giving. But in a country where it's so religious religious it's about the coming of christ and that's what they're celebrating a lot more than gift giving it's just lit like it's so much fun it's just spending time with family and like days yeah it hasn't been affected by like the modern world as much in colombia it's still like about family and like the ties you have with your religion and the people around you where in america it's become such a physical holiday it's not really about the intangible Especially where we live in New England, there's little you can do to celebrate with other people because of the weather constraints. Yeah. Like, no one's going to go outside and party because it's cold. <laughs> but when you're in a city yeah. called the Eternal Spring, yeah, that's, why La prima verdad eterna. that's why Christmas is so much fun. Like, you telling me yeah. you celebrate Christmas in 80 degree weather? Yes, sir. Amazing. So since we are both, um, all of us here are half, um, are half Colombian and whatever half we are, or full Colombian, how is it like managing our, the, our cultures that we have from Colombia to the American or the U.S. culture? How do you guys deal with that? Well, honestly, I feel like growing up here, like a lot of my like religious customs and cultures are like american but with a lot of like colombian and latin american influence because like i feel like a lot of the times when i go to visit colombia like i am always like introduced so by like 
so many new different things that like I never knew like oh it's customary to do this or like oh it's like usually like you do yeah I don't know if this makes sense but like I feel like it's like I mostly like have like American like stuff going on but like it is influenced by Colombian stuff yeah um especially growing up um in school there wasn't a lot of other Latinos around me so I kind of had to make like an American brand for myself and call myself like instead of Elisa I'm like Elisa and I am you know the staple Latino girl like I start the clubs for the Latino kids and all that stuff and it's even though I'm advocating there's still like an internal kind of like separation um like although I am Latina like I it's it's kind of like difficult I feel like I'm a lot more Americanized than I should be 100% I'm on the same page with you I mean my high school experience wasn't the same but at Roger Williams it's definitely a similar experience for me in college because I feel like a lot of us I was going to say the beginning at the beginning to answer Santi's question, one main effect that it gave all of us and especially your high school experience, at least uh, same with my college experience is we are all master code switchers and it's because of our dual identity and it's mm-hmm. a super cool tool to use. And while sometimes it does frustrate me that I'm kind of separated in between these two identities, I like the fact that I had two different ones to yeah. use. But at the same time, high school for me, and Alex, I know, can speak to this playing soccer in a very diverse city for a public high school where we had like 20 Colombians on the squad was definitely an outlet for our culturalness. I don't know about you, Alex, but. Definitely, yeah. Like all, pretty much the whole team was Latino and it was just crazy. Yeah. Well, for me personally, um, having grown up, being really immersed in the Colombian culture, um, but then going to a school where I was the only Colombian or Hispanic there, one of the only ones there, I felt like I had to change myself in order to like, to, in order to fit in. So I like tried to mask away who I was. I tried to mask away the fact that I'm different, the fact that I'm Colombian and Cuban, the fact that I look different than everyone from Moses Brown. But in the when I started high school, I just like, I'm like, this is who I am. And if no one's like, if you guys aren't, if my friends aren't going to appreciate me, they're just going to have to suck it up because this is who I am. And then I just like, and then, well, I just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to study abroad. I'm going to immerse myself within the culture and no one's going to stop me. I'm going to do it because I want to figure out who I am because I've been masking my Colombianness, my Hispanicness, my Cubanness for so long, I just needed to get immersed and learn. And by going to Colombia, I learned so much about myself, mm-hmm. about my culture, about our culture, about our family, about just life there. And it's something that I'm never going to forget. And I want to go to Colombia so much more now because I feel so much more connected to everyone there. I feel like it changed not even I feel like I feel like we all can agree and I feel like we all know that it changed you as a person and for the better because you not only became more aware of your culture but NG I don't even know if you realize how self-aware you became and how like much more confident in yourself in yourself you became in that 
in that time because even though we were together in Colombia on vacation for not that long of a time comparatively to when you were there, it was just crazy. So crazy to see you in your element when you had been there for like a half a year. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I definitely understand or noticed a change, but it was definitely a change for the better. And you definitely learned how to advocate for yourself because you had to do that because you were basically all alone. Like you have to advocate for yourself and you have to make other people understand what you need and what you want. And you've definitely done that. Like again, you came back, the Angie that I said bye to and the Angie I said hi to were two completely different Angies. And I think you were able to submerse yourself. And I think that's what I thank our family for as well. We like, I guess, Latin Americans are super expressive, emotional, and you're able to, you know, have that influence like Issa said influence us and how we are as people I love you know I love going out in like a fiesta the like Lacano fiesta and just going out and dancing like that's that's fun and there's no one judging me for it because that's the culture that MD I've always been scared to be my true self in fear of that judgment because I'm different I I made myself into a facade and I forgot who I was until my junior year that just and going to Colombia and experiencing the culture will, is something that I will always cherish because it made me realize that I can be who I want to be. And if people judge me for it, tough. That sucks. Like, Especially, like as you get older and you have to be in between these two culture bridges, you have to learn to say, this is me and I demand respect. Especially walking into... Um, my white boyfriend's family some of them have very different political views than i do mm -hmm. but i have to stand there as an outsider as a new person and say i demand respect because this this is who i am and i'm part of this culture and this culture is what you're against so automatically 100%. we're at war but that can affect the relationships that I already have with that family. And it's difficult. And that's something that I feel like we've all felt a little bit of mm -hmm. in yep. being yeah. that we are. I feel like especially a unique experience to me and my brothers is like having that dynamic of having family members with different, I mean, not well, people around you with different views, but with us, it's our blood relatives where it's yeah. a very strange combination where they're not, bad people we've grown up with them they'll die for us they're honest they're hard working but then times change and you see that their political affiliations which have undertones of aggressive views like are there and it's just a really weird reckoning like especially when like in more re in the in the past like four years past three years when things changed my grad party happened in 2017 mm -hmm. a year after the presidential election and my grad party was actually super cool you had 70 people half colombian half you know neck of the woods rhode islanders farmers like <laughs> hunter people and they had a great time and were laughing and smiling and hugging and that was an incredible time but at the yeah. same time just like elisa said having to command that respect and being able, just like you have to code switch, making your family code switch as well to respect who you are because they respect us who we are as people, but what happens when the public opinion changes, you know? 
we had to kind of deal with that aspect of things growing up like my cousin is the most intelligent cousin out of all of us for sure homeschooled until the eighth grade the high school almost didn't accept him and then he went valedictorian and got almost a full ride to college and now he's a successful business and house owner at 21 years old crazy but he has different views than me so you know reckoning with all these different situations has definitely been interesting for me and my brothers but so far it has not ever spilled over or gotten bad yeah i just doesn't get to that because i feel like our family and the families that have been introduced to our families is so unique in the ties that we have is and i mean every family's different every family has their own things but for us it's so special and the way we value family is something that i don't see my other peers have and that's not a bad yeah. thing but it's just the way we see it is something that i will cherish when we have like our kids and stuff our kids are gonna be friends with all of 100%. our percent that's not even a question yeah that's not negotiable i want to put my kids through the same amount of stupidity that we went through together wait me on the bike <laughs> yes you on the bike santi that group is gonna be so big <laughs> And I also think it's because we have a different value system when it comes to our family. It's because we've come here more recently. And when we got here to this country, family was all we had. Yeah. 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 We didn't have any other connections than that. So, of course, we're going to value that. And those values are going to be passed down. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier in the phone call when you were talking, Elisa, because our Colombian family is unique in the fact that our grandfather's brother was the first one in the state and that's, him and our plan. grandfather sponsored hundreds of families to come over and created an entire community, got keys to the city, recognition from the government, letters from the Crazy. president for things they did for the Colombian community. So I feel like coming from a cultural background where we don't really think about it that much, but our, in our blood is the trailblazers of the Colombian community in New England. In a yep. lot of ways and it's kind of crazy i don't i've never really worded it like that before but at pedro's 90th birthday party when there were all these dignitaries and politicians i was like wait who are these people we're popping okay <laughs> yo speaking of papa luis he just sent me an ariana grande gift on whatsapp <laughs> <laughs> who, why why did they give him an iphone why did they give him <laughs> for those who don't know our grandfather is 94 years old but he's still <laughs> And out here having a great time and I think but if anybody saw him they'd think he was 70 which is the oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he looks younger he looks younger and healthier than my own dad like my dad got mad <laughs> hip problems it's because he and, has a better hairline and papito still has hair yo but um you know on that note we're going to end the podcast here if this yeah. one is probably been my favorite one to record because it's with my family and i love my family so much guys thank mm -hmm. you for this for tuning into this episode of the santi show and we'll be back for having us. no problem yeah. thank, thank you for you. having us thank you santi bye-bye